Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. Well, welcome again to Blue Ridge Church. My name is Scott. It is great to have you with us. Welcome to our online campus. I was on uh, with the online campus last week. That is an incredible incredible group. It's great to have you guys. And listen, if this is your first time here, you can relax. We're not going to ask you for anything. We're not going to make you stand up and introduce yourself or anything crazy like that. We're just glad that you're here. So we are in a series right now called Relationship Playbook, and we're discovering that obviously relationships are inevitable, right? We can't get away from them. We're going to be in them. God created us to be in relationships with other people. So it's in our best interest to learn as much about them as we can, uh, to, to improve ourselves as much as we can, so we can ultimately get to where God wants us to be with our relationships, right? He wants us to have deep, meaningful, impactful relationships with everybody. So the first week we talked about personalities and how we all have a different personality, and sometimes that personality, a lot of times that personality doesn't mesh with somebody else's personality. So there's things we have to do. There's, there may be parts of our personality we need to highlight, and there may be other parts we need to kind of squash, you know. Uh, and then the second week, we talked about conflict and how all conflict in marriage is caused by the wife. Okay, I'm kidding. My wife is here this service, so I need, to be, I need to be careful. No, that's not what we talked about. We talked about all the ladies look at me. I'll kill him when he gets off stage. Um, we talked about how conflict is inevitable in all relationships, right? And we have to handle it properly. The Apostle Paul urges us to handle it quickly, to give gentle words and gentle responses when we're talking. But the most important thing when it comes to conflict is dropping our pride, right? Humbling ourselves. That's the only way we're going to get through it. And we ended that week talking about how the question we asked ourselves is, what relationship do you currently have that's suffering because of unresolved conflict? And we got to deal with that. And then Matt came last week and did just an incredible job talking about adaptability, right? When life throws us curveballs, when things don't go the way that we think they're going to go. How do we handle that? Are we prepared to handle that? Can we adapt and change, or do we just blame the person that's closest to us for those things that are happening in our life? And if you didn't get a chance to listen to that, I want to encourage you to do that. So today, I want to talk about communication, because communication is key to really everything in life. It's especially key to successful relationships in life. I thought about this week just the role communication plays in everything we do every single day. And, I, and this is kind of morbid, but I read about a plane crash, and they said that the result of the plane crash, the reason it happened was because of poor communication. Well, then I got going down this rabbit hole on the Internet, and it was like 70-some percent of plane crashes are because of poor communication. And then I started looking at the medical field, and that was even more eye-opening, you know, how many accidents, accidental deaths and problems that people have are because of poor communication. And then train derailments and all these workplace things, I'm like, I, that's enough. 
I'm convinced communication is important. But it's not just the big things like a car accident or, you know, train derailment or something like that. It's also everyday life. We can have better schools, better churches, better workplaces, better families if we simply would learn to communicate a little better. And the good news is what we're talking about today, it's not, you know, life or death like a a, a car accident or a plane crash, but I guess it is life or death when it comes to the relationship and whether the relationship is going to make it or whether the relationship is not going to make it. Because I'm telling you, without healthy communications, uh, communication between each other, a relationship is not going to go the distance. It's just not going to survive. Even Jesus, who was one with his heavenly Father, spent all kinds of time communicating with God and listening to God. He made that a priority in his life. And I think we have to make that a priority as well. Look at some of these verses. And all of our verses are on the Church Center app if you want to download that to your phone or you can scan that QR code in your seat back. But Luke chapter 5, verse 16, Jesus often slipped away to be alone so he could pray, so he could communicate with his heavenly Father and he could listen to what his heavenly Father wanted to tell him. Mark 1.35, while it was still night, way before dawn, he got up and went out to a secluded spot and prayed. So all throughout the Gospels, we see Jesus communicating with God. But it's not just Jesus communicating with God, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we can read about all he poured into the disciples and how much time he spent communicating with the disciples. I mean, these were the ones, uh, the the folks that were going to lead the charge after he was gone. You know, he took time to talk with them. He'd he'd share meals with them. He'd hang out with them. Uh, You know, he'd walk with them. And I think if we look at Jesus's actions and how much of a priority he placed on communication with his disciples, it shows us how vital it is to our relationships. So we can learn, we got to communicate better with our heavenly father, but we also have to better communicate with the people that God places around us. So we know that. We probably know that. You probably knew that before you came or, or tuned in today. We've, we've got to better communicate in our relationships. We all understand the importance of that, but it's a huge challenge. And often when I work with couples, this is where they fail, communicating with each other. It is especially prevalent with married couples. But just know, any relationship that we want to be a significant relationship, it's either going to make it or it's going to fail simply based on how well we communicate. It's going to make it or break it on things like how well do we send and receive information, right? How receptive are we to the message that our spouse is communicating to us? How well do we understand them? How well do we understand their emotional state? If we want relational intimacy, a key ingredient is good communication. Same is true in friendships. I mean, if you think about it, if you don't make it a priority to keep in touch with a friend and stay up to date with a friend, you know, that relationship's eventually going to, it's just going to wither. 
right? It's going to fade away. It's going to become weak, and it's just going to be something that doesn't mean anything to you anymore. So it takes a concerted effort on our part to be better at communication. Now, I want you to think about a relationship you have right now. Maybe it's you're married. Maybe it's a dating relationship, boyfriend, girlfriend, or it's a colleague or a teammate. And I want you to rate how good of a communicator you are in that relationship. Don't rate the other person, but rate yourself. Let's say it's a scale of one to 10. One, I need improvement. 10, I'm the world's greatest communicator with this person. How would you rate yourself? And I would venture to say, as we start today, that all of us in those significant relationships have room for improvement. We can improve our communication. And remember, this series that we're doing, Relationship Playbook, it's about loving better, right? Ultimately, that's the goal is to learn to love each other better so that we can have deep, meaningful, loving relationships. And Jesus demonstrates the love that we should have for each other by how he loves us. So each week we've been bringing in a a different verse that talks about that love. Again, to reemphasize that point, that's what it's all about. Can we love each other better? Because if we can, our relationships will succeed. 1 John 4.11, dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. So it's not just important in gaining great relationships to learn how to love. It also helps us to follow God's commands, right? God didn't just suggest to me that I should love my wife. Scott, I want you to really try this week to love your wife. No, he commands it. And in order to do that well, we got to communicate well. So today I want to talk about some techniques, practical techniques that we can use and and, and come from the scripture that we can use to be better communicators. I want to look at some qualities that we all have to have to be better communicators. But before we do that, I think we need to understand the different levels of communication. And, and really, there's, I say there's three different levels of communication. That's what we'll go with. And people call these different things. Some people may say there's four levels, there's five levels. But there's basic communication. There is interactive communication. And then there's relational communication. And kind of think of those as a tier, basic, then interactive, and then what we want to get to in our relationships is relational communication. Basic communication is where we simply have a message to tell somebody and we tell them. That's it. Basic communication. You got a meeting at 1015. Great. That's all there is to that. And then there's interactive. That's where there's some back and forth. There's a little bit of exchange in information. And then relational communication, that's where we open up to each other. That's where you really start to connect with another human being. So first, let's talk about basic communication. This is the the bottom line. This is the most shallow level of communication that there is. It's a basic acknowledgement of another person. And I've got something to tell you, and this is what I'm going to tell you. Now, the problem is most of our relationships never get past the basic level, right? You know, some relationships 
you know, fall back into this level. They may have gotten to relational, but then they fall back into basic. And this is what I see with a lot of couples, right? A lot of married, and I'm going to try not to pick on the married couples, but I am going to pick on the married couples, but because I see it all the time, especially with people who've been together forever, right? We just take each other for granted. I just assume Lisa knows what I'm thinking or what I'm doing. She'll assume the same things. And because we've been together so long, sometimes we'll take each other for granted and skip those necessary steps to communicate with each other. You know, maybe you go home at night and, and then your spouse walks in the door. How is work? Good. What's for supper? Hot dogs. Want to watch anything on TV? Yes. And that's all we do. We just exchange basic information. So here's the problem. Learning number one, we usually communicate or operate at a basic level of communication with others, with everybody. And if a relationship is characterized by just simple, basic communication, it is not going to last, period. It's not going to go the distance. And again, some of our basic communication level relationships, we don't expect them to go any further, right? That's all we want that relationship to be. It's the problem is if it's a relationship of significance and we're continuing to communicate at a basic level. I mean, basic level communication is not negative. I mean, all of our relationships start there, right? And it can provide uh, a level of comfort with the other person, right? When you're just communicating at a basic level, there's no expectations in that relationship yet. There's no commitments in that relationship. You just enjoy the other person's presence. But if it goes on too long, the relationship will never grow. It'll never get to interactive and it'll never get to relational communication and eventually you're going to drift apart. Now, the next level is interactive. That's where there's some telling and some receiving, some sharing back and forth, right? We'll talk about all kinds of subjects. We'll talk about the weather. Uh, if you really want to have fun, talk about politics, right, or religion. That's even better. We'll talk about sports. A lot of people talking about the basketball game or the softball games yesterday. We'll talk about church. You know, you may walk out of here and, and say to your uh, wife, man, I, I thought... He went really long today. That was a long sermon. And your wife may respond, yeah, but isn't he so young? You know, that's, that's just like that interactive type of communication. People at this level, they'll start to share their opinions, right? We'll explore some facts. We'll talk about things. We focus more on sharing with each other than simply telling instead of just communicating right? We'll, we'll share some back and forth with each other. But this level, even at the interactive level, still lacks intimacy and real connection. And then there's relational communication. This is where, again, we want those most valuable and those most precious relationships to us to be. This is where we get to the point that we're really willing to open up, right? We're, we're, we're willing to kind of crank that, that guard down and let our guard down. It's when we feel safe with another person. Hey, I'm just willing to open up because I feel safe with this person. That's this level of communication. Let's look at Proverbs 18, 24. 
There are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. So in a relationship like this, we will talk about weaknesses. We'll talk about our feelings. We're willing to have really difficult conversations, maybe with a spouse or with a roommate. We're willing to share our insecurities when we get to the relational level of communication. It's amazing to me when I work with couples, it's usually a communication breakdown and they're still not willing to share their insecurities with each other. The truth is we all have insecurities, don't we? We got tons of them, but we don't like to talk about them. At this level, this is where we're able to start talking about those things or those things that worry us or those things that we're fearful of. So learning number two, communication at the relational level allows us to reveal our heart and speak our mind. You may ask the other person for feedback. You may, may ask somebody else, hey, I, I need your help. I need your input. We'll share our dreams, our goals, our ambitions. We just feel connected at this level deep down in our soul. And again, because it's we're safe. Now, regardless of the type of relationship, regardless of what level we're at when it comes to communication, it doesn't guarantee, if we're at the relational level, in other words, it doesn't guarantee we're still going to always consistently and effectively communicate. So it's something that we have to learn. Again, uh, that's why we drift back into the basic pattern is because we don't want to put the time, effort, and energy into being better communicators. So we first have to learn how to better communicate, then we can move through these levels. So that's what we're going to look at next. And again, the happiest couples that I see, they're couples that have very few communication issues. The best friends that I see, they don't struggle talking with each other. They don't withhold information. They understand each other. They, they know what makes the other person uh, tick. They know the qualities that they bring to the table and what that other person brings to the table in that relationship. So we first have to understand who we are, the qualities we possess, and then we need to begin to understand the qualities the other person possesses. Colossians 4, 6, some guidance from Paul. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. Listen, we could get all kinds of teaching, all kinds of books, all kinds of classroom instruction on how to be better communicators. But until we focus on the qualities we possess, it's not going to work. We got to first understand ourselves before we're going to better communicate with somebody that we really care about and a relationship we want to go the distance. So think about this for a second. The person you're in that relationship with that you rated yourself on, think about their qualities, the other person's qualities. And I'm betting that they have some pretty unacceptable qualities in them, right? They may not see them yet, but you certainly have identified them, especially in a marriage, all right? And you have decided, despite that person's unacceptable qualities, you're going to embrace them. 
because you're committed to that relationship. You're going to embrace them despite their faults, their flaws, their hang-ups, their quirks, the fact that they snore at night or they squeeze the toothpaste from the wrong way with the tube. Listen, if you're married, here's some marriage advice. Get your own tube of toothpaste. It will just go better. Just spend the extra buck 50 and you each have your own separate one. That's free. That didn't cost you anything, but it'll work. But you've decided, despite all these weird inclinations that this other person has, you've decided to overlook those flaws for the sake of the goodness of that person who's behind those flaws and because you love them. That's, that's biblical. That's wisdom. Proverbs 19, 11, a person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. When we overlook an offense someone's caused us, we're just accepting them, right? That's acceptance at the basic level. Rather than expect that person to change, we simply accept them. We accept who they are. We accept their feelings. We accept their actions. Why? Because ultimately, we love them, and we want that relationship to last. And ultimately, if you get back to why we're doing this series, we're trying to love people the way that Jesus says that we're supposed to love people. So we have to have this quality of acceptance. And the good news is you've got acceptance in you. Some of us, it's a high level. Some of us, it's a low level, but it's already in there. And we have to work on it to bring it to a high level where we accept people wherever they are, wherever they're at, in life. Now, that does not mean that you're saying, hey, I approve of your lifestyle. I approve of the things that you're doing. It's not saying that at all. You're just accepting them wherever they're at, and you're allowing them to be the person that they are. It's very similar to this church. It's, that's been our mantra from day one, accept people wherever they're at in life. Because we've all come to the conclusion we're all screwed up, right? We're all messed up. We've got baggage. We've got issues. So we're going to accept people no matter where they're at in life. So on Sundays, you are very warm. You're very welcoming. You're very accepting. That's why people can come in here and they can just relax. I got faith in Christ. I don't have faith in Christ. They can go at their own pace because nobody's looking at them. Nobody's judging them because we accept everybody because we were accepted. Again, doesn't mean you agree with everybody's lifestyle or the decisions that they make. That's for God to deal with, Right? Too often the church is, you know, pointing people to Jesus and the person finally accepts Christ and then we start telling them everything they need to do. Listen, that's the Holy Spirit's business. Holy Spirit changed me a lot more than my parents could ever change me or my wife could ever change me. But because we accept people, they're, they're relaxed. That's the same way we have to be in our relationship with anybody. Just accept people for wherever they are. And what that's going to do is build confidence in that person. It doesn't make them feel like I've got to change or I've got to do this or I've got to do that in order to please this person. I can just be who I am. When we accept others, ultimately what it's doing, and the reason I say it's biblical, is we're just modeling Christ. 
Right? That's what Jesus did. He didn't approve of what everybody was doing, but he accepted people wherever they were at in life. We need to give permission uh, to people to be themselves so they don't feel judged and condemned. Look at Romans 15, 7. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given the glory. And I think, I think that's a picture of what we are, especially on Sundays. Hey, Christ accepted me, baggage and all. I need to do the same for other people. So we need to have acceptance. That's a quality we have to have. The other one to be a better communicator is to be real and to be authentic. And again, it's in you to be real and authentic. It just not, may not be at the level it needs to be. Here's, here's the next verse, Genesis 2.25. Now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. I know what some of you are thinking. What in the world does that have to do with communication? And we're talking about the quality of being real. I mean, that's real, right? If you're standing in front of somebody and you're naked, that's about as real as you can get. But I'm, it's not talking about just their physical appearance. I, I think it's talking about their spiritual state, their mental state, their relational state w- with each other. Think about this. Adam and Eve completely naked. There was nothing on them. There was nothing in them. There was nothing about them that caused them to feel any shame whatsoever. Why? Sin hadn't entered the world, right? So they could be completely real and transparent with each other. Sin hadn't entered the world. There was no sin in their nature. There was no sin in their guilt. They were as authentic and real as they could be. So nothing was holding them back in that relationship. Now, often we just read that and think, oh, they were naked. And we just think about their physical state. But there was nothing about them at all that caused them to feel any guilt or shame that they had to cover up or hide. They could just be real with each other. The problem is, and I think that's got to be the model for our relationships today, not naked, but to be real and to be authentic. That's how God designed them from the very beginning for our relationships to be. And now we need to do that with the people that are in our life, be as real and authentic as we can be. The problem is it's easy for us to spot a fake. We see phony people all the time, phony feelings all the time. And if you're not real with a person that you want to grow a relationship with, they are going to see right through that. They are not going to trust you because they're going to see whatever it is that you're trying to cover up. And again, without realness, we don't have much of a relationship. So how do I be real? How can I show this person that I'm being real? And it's not always in our words, is it? Sometimes it's in our actions right? We talked about this a little bit when we talked about conflict, but I mean, I can say something and then I can add something to it. I can add a smile or I could add a frown or a scorn, right? And the, and the message I'm sending, communicating is going to come across differently, those nonverbals. F- statistics show that about 50 
58% of what we're trying to communicate comes through our nonverbals. 58%. So the majority of the message you're trying to tell your child or your husband or your wife or your roommate is coming from your nonverbals. And then another 35% comes from what we talked about week two in conflict. It comes from our tone and how we project those words. So you think about that, 58 and 30, 93% of what we're trying to communicate to someone is coming from something other than our words. That's nuts. It's only 7% of what you're screaming and trying to tell your kid is coming from the words that you're using. That's powerful. So the more real we can be, the better our communication is going to be. We could shower somebody with love and affection, but if we're not real, if we're shallow, if the nonverbals aren't matching up with what we're saying, it's not going to be received. So learning number three, being authentic and real is something we are, not something that we do. Again, it's already in us to be real, to be authentic, to be accepting. It comes from our heart. 2 Corinthians 8.8 says this, I am not commanding you to do this, but I am testing how genuine your love is by comparing it with the eagerness of the other churches. Paul's basically saying, how real are you to to the Corinthian church? Is this authentic? Is this coming from your heart? So we need to be real and we need to be accepting. And every week we've talked about being empathetic, right? We talked about that at the beginning. That's putting yourself in another person's shoes. Paul said this in Galatians 6, 2, share each other's burdens and in this way, obey the law of Christ. When we do that, when we show empathy, when we're real, when we're authentic, when we're accepting, we're going to open the door to a much deeper relationship than we had before. So real quick, I told you some techniques, some techniques to be a better communicator. We, we know the qualities we have to have. We know the levels of communication. We got to listen better. Bottom line, we have to listen better. And this is always a struggle because we're usually not listening to the other person. We're thinking about what we're going to say. But 98% of great communication comes from listening, just simply being a better listener. And listen, I'm the world's worst. You can, you can find Lisa and ask her in the lobby. I am the world's worst listener. I have to focus on listening because I'm so distracted. I got a million things going on, but it's something that we can learn. And again, it's difficult to learn because we take other people for granted. We just assume we know what they're going to say. And it can happen in any type of relationship not listening, but it often happens with married couples. Think about this. Husband goes out and he buys a Roomba vacuum cleaner and and he brings it home and he gets it all set up and he gets it charged and the wife's sitting there in the living room with him and he runs it. And it runs for like an hour and then it comes back to the charging station and it charges itself. And so he gets up and he goes and he looks in the bin and there's very little dirt in the bin. And he looks on the floor and he still sees dog hair and some crumbs over here. And he starts venting, right? 
oh my gosh, I paid $350 for this thing. It's a waste of money. Those reviews were terrible. This thing doesn't do squat for cleaning the floors. This technology stuff, it's for the birds. And he's just, he's just going off. Well, his wife hears him. And hearing this, she responds, it's okay. You still have the upright vacuum in the closet that you can use to clean the floors. Now, she was trying to be helpful, but she wasn't listening to her husband, right? She was more concerned with solving his problem than she was understanding his emotional state. She could have said any number of things to make him feel better. You know, you're right. That's ridiculous. How in the world could that thing cost that much money and do such a lousy job? I'm just as frustrated as you are. With what you paid for that thing, it ought to clean the floor spotless and it ought to cook breakfast for us. Let's take that thing back. Let's get in the car and just take it back together. She could have said any number of things. See, the point of listening is to communicate to the other person, I've heard you and I understand you. I understand what you're going through. And this type of listening doesn't mean we don't ever get to speak. We just need to speak the way that James tells us to speak. James 1.19. Post this at all the intersections, dear friends. Lead with your ears. Follow up with your tongue. And let anger straggle along in the rear. So we listen more. We're going to be a better communicator. And then we acknowledge that We've heard the person. We understand the person. Say some encouraging words to them. Build them up, strengthen them, but let them know that you've heard them. And then the next skill, so listening, encouraging words, and then probably the, well, the last one I'll end with is give the person your undivided attention. Again, I'm, I'm spilling my, my guts. This is a weakness of mine because I'm always focused on something and I'm very easily distracted. But give the person that's communicating to you or you're trying to communicate with your undivided attention. And this is the world's worst thing that gets in our way of good communication, a phone or technology in general. But these, because we carry them around all the time. And the reason this thing is so distracting when it comes, I did this first service and somebody texted me. It's like, see? <laughs> um, but the reason that it's so distracting is because this thing brings instant gratification. And we love instant gratification, don't we? And so we're addicted literally to checking this all the time. And what kind of message does that send to the person that we're trying to communicate with? So you need to try to get away from that thing for just a little while to have those important talks and those important conversations with the person that you love. I know I've thrown a lot at you. You know, the three levels, basic, interactive, and relational. We want to get to relational communication with those people we care about the most. And then the qualities that are already in us that we may have to develop some more is we got to accept people wherever they're, wherever they're at, flaws and all, because we're all flawed. And Jesus accepted us with flaws. And then we need to be real and authentic. We need to be who God created us to be and just be ourselves. People will appreciate that. It'll bring comfort to them. And then we got to start listening better. And we got to start offering some encouraging words to let that person know, I've heard you 
and I understand you. And we got to give people our attention. We got to be in it when they're communicating with us. Again, the, the whole point of this series isn't simply to avoid failed relationships. It's to love better. And I'm going to just end with that verse we started the very first week with, 1 Peter 4.8. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sin. Let's pray together. God, uh, thank you so much that through your son, Jesus, we can have a relationship with you. Help us to be like you, Christ, and communicate regularly with you and to listen to you. And Lord, the people you've placed around us, the relationships that you've given us, help us to be better communicators, better encouragers, better listeners. Ultimately, help us to love better so that our relationships can grow. Lord, I pray for the the relationships that are struggling right now. Maybe it's a communication issue. Maybe it's conflict. Maybe it's adaptability. But I'd pray that you would help those relationships and the folks in those relationships to take to heart the things that you've taught us, that you continue to teach us, that we can change. For us not to always worry about the other person changing, but what is it about us that we need to change? Lord, we love you and we praise you. Amen. Now, if you came today or you're watching online today and you want to worship through generosity, you can do that through our church center app. That's the easiest way to do that. Or if you're here in the auditorium, you can use the black boxes in the back. I know I don't always take enough time to thank you for your generosity, uh, but it makes a difference. We're making a difference in this community and beyond, and it's because of you being faithful uh, to what God's called you to do. So I appreciate that. April the 7th, from 1 to 6, we're having a blood drive. Our our blood drive growth group is having a blood drive 1 to 6 p.m. If that's something that you do on a consistent and a regular basis, and I know a lot of you do, you can sign up at redcrossblood.org and get one of those time slots. They tend to fill up pretty quickly, but let's help out our community by doing that. And then Easter, two weeks. Think about who you're going to bring next week with you to church, but think about who you're going to invite to our Easter services. Next Sunday, we're going to finish up this series, and we're going to talk about what happens when a relationship doesn't make it, right? What happens when it ends? Because unfortunately, some relationships don't go the distance. So how do we handle that? How do we handle that ourselves to make sure we're okay and we're right But how do we handle the other person that the relationships ended with? And that's where a lot of our problems come in. So that's what we're going to talk about next week. If you know somebody uh, that could use some help, now obviously don't introduce it that way. Hey, I know, uh, you know, but just invite them to church. All right. Hey, God bless you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Have a great, great afternoon.